Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And that is launched out to deep left field. Big fly for Mike Trout. This is ground ball to second base. Red Heeple falls down, picks it up, fires the first. The Angels have no hit. The Seattle Mariners. It's gone. Big fly for Anthony Rendon. Hey guys, I'm Alex Curry. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. Brendan Marsh. This is Chris Rodriguez. You're listening to the All Angels Podcast. And welcome to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. I am Dan Garcia, joined with by always the curator. And we are in Halo Haven in our stadium seats, getting ready for this All-Star weekend or week leading up to the All-Star game and the home run derby. Something we'll talk about a little bit later. But I think for first time in a while, I'm like really, I think it's probably the show thing. I'm really Yeah, I think I'm more excited about this uh, home run derby and all-star game uh, more than a long time in a long time because right. of the representation that our halos have right obviously we talked about a little bit last time otani got voted in as a dh got voted in by the players and coaches as a pitcher and then obviously jared walsh deserve deservedly so got voted in by the players and the coaches as well for first base so um you know, out of those and obviously got voted in by the fans won't be able to play but you know he's still going to have that on his you know Huge resume whenever he's done playing. I know. Yeah, <laughs> like, another like he notch. really needed it. Another but, notch. You know. So, um, but Jared Walsh, I mean, you, you have to be excited to see him get his first all-star game after not only the end of last season, but what he's done this season. And then just looking at his numbers, it's like you couldn't ask more yeah. from that guy. The RBI total. Well, especially because like at the end of last year, everyone was like, well, was that him or was that like a hot month? Like anyone can have a hot month. Yeah, you have a nice little run, two-month right. run right there. There, but showing that he's a legitimate force to be reckoned with, that it was we're okay without pull holes. Yeah. Like I feel like I don't even remember that pull holes was on the Angels sometimes. <laughs> and uh yeah, like if if Walsh did not if he was not voted in, that would have like, been what like, the heck? Yeah. Like, what think, do you want this guy to do? Put up 80 RBIs before right, the break? Uh, exactly. So great to see him get in there and obviously his story being like what the f- 47th, 48th round, or, or 30, yeah. sorry, 37, 38 yeah, rounds. 30s, something out ridiculous. Of, out of, you know, only 40 rounds total uh, was crazy. So before we get to that all-star break, obviously the Angels have two more series left. This was the last series at home before the all-star break against the AL leading. I don't know if we ever would have thought that coming into this season. The AL leading uh, Boston Red Sox. A, a really good test for the Angels coming in after they got done sweeping Baltimore and I guess you can naturally be like, okay, well, it's Baltimore. You know, you're supposed to take advantage of it. But with Boston coming in, I think that was a really good test about where this team is right before the break. Yeah, and you know, anytime, you know, these uh, kind of landmark clubs come into town, whether it's Yankees, Red Sox, even if they're not doing well, it's right. always a big series. Yeah. You always play out for the for those type of teams. And, uh, and it's always fun to give it to the Red Sox. Yeah, so July 5th, we'll start now. July 5th on Monday, Shohei Otani – Pillow, Dang, giveaway. Man, I missed out on that thing. So if I heard any, it was mania. I, oh, dude, I heard it was like. Obviously, we've been to some of those giveaway days where it's packed because of the certain giveaway, and uh-huh. I have a feeling 
it's like it was like that where you know opening day or reopening day was okay it was whatever from people i've talked to but i feel like this is the first time where this stadium was packed you know boston's already going to draw a big crowd because there's so many boston fans pretty much everywhere you go but you know the the otani giveaway the otani birth like all that stuff had to play a factor in it and just and just like that stadium perfect looked, storm of- that stadium looked the the most packed seen it since i mean opening day like 2019 probably and then it's kind of crazy because now that even though capacity's increased giveaways have not increased right so you're working like what was the giveaway like 13,000 something, or something around like that way. when typical giveaways 35,000 plus so it just becomes even more rare yeah and it showed it on on ebay i think if you were like, like 90 dollars. yeah the next that night probably well yeah i think i saw like money. 50 60 70 bucks <laughs> exactly so with that That's being cool. said, if anyone has one to donate to the to the rally bus when we get that up and running, yep. Chris will more than willing willingly uh, take that. So, uh, you know, if you have a five year old that doesn't appreciate it like they should, uh, I'm sure Chris will for sure. Yeah, either that or I'll find it at the swap meet in about two weeks. There you go. Well, it's Otani. It might take a little bit longer yeah. than that. It's kind of crazy because usually the most you know the hottest item when it comes to promos, it's always bobbleheads. Yeah. It seems like the one that always leads it. Then they throw in all these weird little giveaway hats and things. Deck of cards. Yeah, just like things you're not like, eh. Hip counter. (laughs) But then all of a sudden, you know, a pillow. I think it was the pop art, like that that 60s kind of Warhol. It was Tawny. It was his birthday. Birthday. Well, I wonder, too, because I wonder if they're planning to do, like, again, they usually do, like, a 70s night, an 80s night, or weekend, or whatever. I wonder if they're planning to do, like, a 60s weekend last year but because everything i shut down they pushed it off okay well they have all these pillows where are we gonna give them out oh we found Tony's birthday let's wrap it all together but the season he's having it's like you said it's like a perfect storm so monday may 5th again otani's birthday boston comes into town jose suarez gets the not for his first start of the 21 season i think something we both talked about we're actually really looking forward to this start yeah, we're talking about it like you know we he's been kind of that long lever and you know, when five two, out of the bullpen, especially his past history as being a starting pitcher has right. not gone so well. No, no, it hasn't. So, um, if you remember his 2020 numbers, I think he only pitched you know three or four times, started wide, and he got lit up. It was at the end of the year where it was kind of like we're going to put him out there because I, I think we, honestly, yeah, we need an innings. Yeah. Right so, um, but you mentioned what he did out of the bullpen this last year, and I think honestly deserved a spot in the rotation, especially with the struggles of Bundy. If Bundy doesn't struggle. You know, this probably never happens, but you're happy with what Bundy does. But because of his struggles, you have to make some kind of a switch. I think this was the perfect one at this time. Yeah, who would have thought at the beginning of the year that you're going to be bringing in Suarez to replace Bundy. Who, you, who you tabbed as your number one pitcher? Everyone was yelling extension, extension, too. Extension, and yeah, it's exactly. kind of crazy. You never know. That's why you watch baseball. You got to let the games play out. Yeah, so in the second inning um, – he would give up two runs and make it 2-0 at the end of the top of the second or at the top of the second. In the bottom of the second, the Angels would get on the board with a sack fly by Juan Lagares, who um, just came off that huge walk-off um, double against uh, Baltimore the day before. So he's still feeling it a little bit. Uh, huge momentum swing, though, is when Lu- Luis Renjifo gets robbed of a two-run home run by Kiki Hernandez, um, bringing one back over the wall. And I think that is a that was a, a, a momentous thing because they had the offense going. They had guys, you know, obviously they had a guy on. Luis is a guy that you don't, ex, you know, expect 
that guy to kind of deliver you know power consistently but to go up and uh didn't know this boston actually had really good outfield like statistically have really good outfielders like you kind of know the names but as far as what they bring to the defensive side i didn't know they're as good as as some of their numbers are saying right now so um like i mentioned he gets brought one back the score uh would stay the same uh two to one like again that home run makes it three to two and at the end of the second and maybe Suarez kind of settles down a little bit with playing with the lead a little bit more and not so pressed. And that's something I noticed about Suarez too. Like you watch him when he pitched out of the bullpen, he was very let's go tempo wise. Let's go, let's mm-hmm. go, let's go. This one, he took a while, like noticeably yeah. a while on the mound yeah. between pitches. And so Gooby had, a, he mentioned it before. It's like, you know, this is a different guy, but I don't know if that's something that you have to let him work through, if that's something, you know, people were always saying, oh, see, that's why he belongs in the bullpen. I'm like, well, I, it's, to me, it's different because if he was just doing the same routine and getting lit up like he was or just struggling like the way he was, then yeah. But like he needs to find that, that comfort zone as far as the tempo and, and kind of speeding it up a little bit. Yeah, it's a whole different mindset, as you can imagine, coming out of the bullpen versus being the the starter and knowing that you're going to pitch that day. And um, I don't know, it's a different energy and the adrenaline that's associated with it. So right. I, I don't know. That's that, that could be part of it. That could be part of it, trying to calm himself down. But Suarez would be done after three innings of work. Uh, pitch count did get a little bit up there with some long innings. Three uh, three innings, like I mentioned, three hits, two earned runs, four walks, which, again, that was very uncharacteristic of him coming into this uh, outing. Like I said, four walks, three strikeouts. You know, last time he was out there, he pitched like five in a third inning on like, I think less than 60 pitches. Like he was efficient. And this was the complete opposite of that, this outing. And I'm not to a point yet where I'm like, oh, one and done. Okay, take him back. But, you know, you're hoping with this next start up in Seattle before the break, you can at least see something that's going to build off of. Yeah, my question for you is, was he better than Bundy? He was better than Bundy because Bundy did come in right after Suarez. So it was a kind of a, a, a swap of fortune, if you will, because usually it's Bundy, <laughs> then Suarez, and Suarez usually has, was good enough to hold it down to let people catch up. Bundy on this on this opportunity, not so much. But that's something we talked about last time as far as Bundy's going to have his opportunities to show the Angels that he deserves to be back in the a starting role, and this is exactly that opportunity we were talking about. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Uh, the Angels are pretty bold and kind of no nonsense when it's coming when it comes down to some of the the pitching, starting mm-hmm. pitching, especially. Uh, they're doing some things that you you know, um, you kind of think that they might do, but like uh, Canning being sent down. Well, I think to he, kind of figure it out. And yeah, then Bundy, work on, work yeah, you up. know, it's kind of inevitable. But like some of these guys are. Canning seemed like he was kind of surprised by it. So, um, yeah. yeah, and Joe's Joe's letting him know and kind of putting out there, like, you know, whoever's performing the best is going to play. I don't care if you're a veteran. I don't care if you're a game yeah. or anything. So I think that's good. Yeah, it's something that can shake it up. And, you know, maybe you do put your younger guys in because obviously those guys are the future. You're talking about some of the pitchers that we have now. The guys that are going to walk next year. Bundy, possibly. Quintana, you know, Heaney. Cobb, even though Cobb did really well, but like those are the guys that are going to walk. So if you're going to replace them, you're probably going to replace them with some of your younger guys. You got to figure out if those are the guys you yeah. you can ride with or not. But like I mentioned, Bundy would come in. He would end up giving up a two run home run to Rafael Devers to make the score four to one after four innings. And in the fifth, Boston would add one more to make it five one off of Tony Watson, the guy that again 
I don't know. He has streaks, but when he's off, it's just you. I mean, it's elementary, my dear friend Watson. Oh, there you go. There I you go. need the hat with Had the two to. like bills yeah. on it. Like, <laughs> that was like that. That'd yeah, be dope. That'd be dope. <laughs> Only if he was pushing better, but no, probably he probably would be gone at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, Angels would be down five to one when they started the comeback when Rahifa scored on a Fletch ground out to make it five to two. Fletcher uh, picking up some steam as far yeah. as uh, at this point of. of, of the season. This is a nineteen game, uh, yeah, nineteen game hitting streak he's on right now. So, uh, a guy that was hitting like two thirty, maybe like sixty games into the season, now mm-hmm. has really uh, become the Fletcher of uh, of the past that people have vintage, been, vintage Fletch. Fletch. Even, Even though he's like, been in the league for like probably four years, yeah, for like, <laughs> played, played like consistently for like three of those years. Yeah, but you know, it's vintage Fletch. Like old Fletch is back. Even though old Fletch isn't. Old, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> something like that. Uh, the Boston outfielders would make another great play, like we mentioned. The the Boston outfielders were actually a lot better defensively than I than I knew. But as a Dang, dude, you're loving these guys. I mean, you talk about I and mean, they they got two outfield assists, and I look. They talked about that was like the 27th and 28th outfield assist by the, by them. The next closest team was like 20. Yeah, it's kind of crazy because you know you see these ex Dodgers like a Kike. Hernandez mm-hmm. and Kiki was like a little. Uh, he was like a utility guy. He utility was, guy. Yeah. He played second. He played first. Outfield. I mean, yeah. he did play outfield, but you just do not. I don't see him as an outfielder. Right. You, you, you use I him seem like, like a utility. Yeah, yeah. Middle infield kind of guy. Yeah. And then, like I mentioned, uh, by left fielder Danny Santana. I don't even know who that was. Throws out. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Jose Iglesias. Or, uh, yeah. Jose Rojas. Sorry. At home. Uh, obviously, Rojas. Fleet us afoot, but still, um, there was that time, and then I think I can't remember if it was this game or the Tuesday game where Stasi the ball gets to the wall, and every time the ball gets to a wall, you're automatically thinking automatic double. Unless uh, Albert Pujols is rounding first, but I mean, there's even times where he gets the second. I mean, yeah. the majority of time, and Stasi gets thrown out. I think by Kike, yeah, that's crazy. Going in the second, these guys are definitely not anyone to run with or run against. So um, that's another part that could have swung the momentum that extra run there. Um, but the score would still be three to two in the bottom of the seventh when Jose Rojas hits a solo shot to kind of make up for it, make it five to three. Um, Fletcher again would single to put um, uh, a man on, or no, sorry, in the bottom of the ninth and it's still down by two. Uh, Jose Rojas, yeah, Jose Rojas again would come up and get another RBI. So now he makes it five to four. I guess kind of making up for his little uh, blunder there. But in the bottom of the ninth, you have some little bit of drama with Fletcher getting on. Uh, now I believe he had two on with Otani coming up, down by one. Yeah, Otani's the extra base king at this point, so you know anything in the gap might score the game-winning run, or he might just put it over the wall to just completely walk it off. So um, from being down, what was it like five to one, to now having an opportunity to walk it off back-to-back days against Boston with Otani on his birthday with his pillow. In the stands. I mean, you couldn't ask uh, for more drama than that. Put the Red Sox to sleep. Right. With that pillow. With the oh, see, that would have been a perfect yeah. that, that would have that would have rolled. Imagine it. that meme, like all of a sudden they win and they was like yeah. down. <laughs> so again, like I said, Otani would come out, but because of the shift, and I think the ball came off his bat with the exit velocity. Dude, it was like exit velo. Exit was velo like of like one fourteen. It was like, yeah, it was like one thirteen, one thirteen point four or something crazy like that. And because of the shift. I mean, it was still hard enough to hit to where you could have theoretically seen it eat up the guy in like short right field. 
Yeah, that's man. I hate this shift stuff. Like that's a game. That's a game walk off right there, or at least tie. Tie. We would have tied it because it, it would have got to that outfielder real quick. Tied it right there. Um, well, when you're playing like I don't know short right field, like you're playing like a rover, of course, yeah. man. Like exit Vila, you're still gonna get that. And it's like grass Ex- or whatever. Exp- uh, the um, expected batting average for something hit that was like ninety one. <laughs> it was like yeah. It, you're always getting a hit, and then it's just a like game over. And so obviously, some, uh, some uh, looks and words. Yeah, so obviously he gets a third out. Um, I mean, you look at the vid- the video. Adam Ottavino, the uh, closer for the Red Sox, does say something. I guess it comes out later, and I don't know if he confirmed or denied it later. I don't know, but um, what people were kind of running with was him saying, "quote Happy birthday, bitch." Unquote. Uh, can we bleep that out? Uh, I mean, it's a quote, direct quote. So I'm yeah, like, so it's good. I use it in a journalistic terms. So I think I'm good. Okay, cool. But like, how do you feel about something like that? Like him just kind of like my point, my point, and someone brought it up to him. It's like, oh, how could he do that? This and that. I'm just like, he was hyped. Big, like I mentioned, huge situation, huge situation. They came up to the mound to talk to him before the Otani at bat. I'm sure. I don't know. Maybe they're saying pitch away from him or whatever. And he's probably saying, I want to go at him. Like, I don't know. But. You talk to enough pitchers. A pitchers are weird. B closers are closers are crazy. Closers are just crazy. A whole different breed. Right, exactly. So pitchers in general are weird. Closers are crazy. So I would not be surprised if he has to work himself up, get pissed off too. Like yeah, but perform. I can see if he had a history, right? You, yeah, like, I mean, no one has a guys. No one has a history. You're like, like oh, I hate that guy. The guy's a little, you know, punk. And then all of a sudden, you go like, you know, you get him, and you're like, yeah, gotcha. But, you, you know, Tawny's basically the friendliest guy in the right. Field. Yeah, that's there. Uh, like, how you be mad at so, like, You're getting mad at Otani. I don't know about that. And you know, of course, he's the probably the biggest sports star in the world right now. Yeah, in the galaxy right now. So he's uh, taking that that moment to like people are getting up for Otani. Right. And like, I everyone's going there. They want to strike the guy out. Well, and too, as a, like I said, as a, as a, as a closer, you're using that as fuel. Like you could be stuck in that moment for a second. And then maybe like after the game, you realize you kind of calm down. Like, Oh, why did I say that? Or why did I do that? Yeah. But like in that moment, like I don't fault him for it because everyone needs what they need to get up for it. A, a huge, a huge, you know, a, a huge moment in the game where, like I mentioned before, anything in the gap, it's probably tying the game. It might even win the game, only down by one. So yeah, but I don't, I don't. But people come in and close every day, and there's situations like that, and they're not. Well, no, but what, that doesn't work. For, I'm just saying because it might not work for them that way. But I mean, I don't, I don't know. Maybe Adam out of and I, again, I haven't seen enough games of him pitching. I don't know how he reacts after he closes out a game. If he's generally like high energy, like whatever, but. I don't know. I, I didn't bug me that much just because of the fact that it's like, all right, the sport is not going to be, be a Red Sox apologist. I'm not an apologist. I'm just an Adam Ottavino <laughs> apologist. No, um, no, nah, I'm just an angry guy apologist because I have that sometimes too. I'm so sure we'll get to the rest of the series. Yeah. So, so we 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 uh, we uh, didn't see in the rest of the series. So I guess that is a good sign. Yeah. So let's get right into the Tuesday. Obviously, July 6th, Boston in town. Shohei on the mound. I mean, you have that drama the night before. Now you have this drama the day, the next day. Does he rebound from his start in New York? That is the biggest question out there. Mm-hmm. And for us, I mean, I don't. I mean, I didn't know what to exactly to expect. If it was just again New York jitters, the humidity, the heat, whatever. But there, you could definitely tell there was something with them there. Now you bring him back home. You look at his ear. Do you see his ERA splits between home and away? 
Mm. Like away is like five point something. Home is like one point six three or something like that. So he's back home in the friendly confines of Angel Stadium. Uh, Like I said, takes the mound and would be batting for himself, which was a big issue or not issue, but. Yeah, I guess it kind of became an issue in New York because now you have to like yeah, pitch hit everybody. Yeah, so like this carousel and but in the first inning he would give up a sack fly to JD Martinez and make it one zero real quick. Um, but in the bottom of the bottom of the second or bottom of the first, sorry, Fletcher would not waste any time to get his hitting streak to twenty. I think it was literally the first or second pitch of the game that he saw to get on base. And the very next at bat. The pitcher, Shohei Otani, comes up to do this. Tie it on his own behalf. one nothing Boston. Otani sends that one to right. It bounds against the wall. Fletcher scores easily. Back-to-back doubles in the halo half of the first. So it's always nice when you can give yourself run support like that and run support pretty normally like like that. Yeah. So uh, he ties up the game right there with that double. Fletcher scores. Um, tied at one, and then still in the first inning, Max Dassey, who is catching Otani for the first time since like the beginning of the first year, game, yeah. um, which a lot of people loved. Um, what fans really loved was this at bat by the catcher. Max Dassey, payoff pitch home. And Max swings and sends a ball deep to left field. Verdugo takes a look, and it's gone! So it would be 3-1 to one after one. Um, it would be like that all the way to the sixth inning where J.D. Martinez uh, gets an RBI single to make it three to two. But still in that inning, late in that inning with two outs, you want to talk about like the baseball gods coming around after that home run robbery by Kiki Hernandez the night before. Juan Ligaris got in on it. Oh, one. Bogart sends a ball well hit out to right center field. Ligaris leaps and brings it back. He saved a two-run dinger. So, yes, he saved a two-run dinger. Dude, Matty V was pumped. Dude, he was, was all on it. I was, like, listening to this game, like, on a Bluetooth speaker. So right. I was playing it from my phone, but I wasn't watching watching it. I was just hearing the audio. Right. Yeah, he was pumped. He was. But you know what? That ball wasn't even a dinger, like, three years ago. No. He was just pulling back a double. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, and I was thinking about this when it happened. If that's a double – like, you know it's not going to be a home run. You know it's going to be a double. Do you play it off the wall instead of trying to make a play on it? Or do you think mm. because he knows there's that line there and it could be a oh. home run? Good do, question. Like, like are, are you just conceding the double? Yeah, off the you're wall? Like, yeah, let's, yeah, yeah. Well, because that. you know it's going to hit the wall. And I'm sure at the time, you know, especially off the bat, you don't know how high up on yeah. the wall it's going to be. Because if it's a certain point because on that wall. if you go for that and you miss it, it's going to roll. triple. It's going to roll. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So that's why I'm wondering, like, and at that point, if since the home run line is so low, you have nothing to lose. Yeah. You go for it, you miss it, home run, you know, whatever. That's the worst-case scenario. But you go for it, you get up, you do what he did, you save two runs, and, again, another momentum swing for a game that, like I said, the Angels were up early 3-1. to one. Was that was that the offensive play of the year so far? Defensive, you mean? Yeah, that's yeah, what I meant. Defense. I know. Thank you. you. You're welcome. Um, I don't want to be the prisoner of the moment, but I think it might just because I don't, I don't know if there's another play that saved – runs out of in a close game like that where it's yeah that matters you give it up and now it's late it's a in the, you're already in the sixth inning and now you're down by one instead of being up by instead of being up by one yeah because you look at like some of these plays up the middle like some of these double plays that have been turned right like you know between fletcher and glacius and things like that they're probably a little bit you know harder of a play or you know 
they look a little sweeter, but yeah, I mean, something that is that critical. Yeah, and and you, but you look at these plays that Trout's made, and like, man, he was way over the wall on some of those. Right, things. I think part so of it like, too. Part of it too, though, is I think, like I mentioned, s- s- situations. Like, is it the first inning of a game? Like, okay, well, if he doesn't make the catch, there's still time to catch up. Yeah. Is it making a great play in the ninth inning of a five-run game? Yeah, and really then, like again, that's a momentum. Right. Exactly. Yeah. On the other hand, so like you said, with that momentum staying on the Angels' side, uh, David Fletcher would come up again and. Uh, pretty much. Do you mean uh, Fletcher DiMaggio? Yeah, Fletcher DiMaggio, and pretty much would score on this uh, swinging bunt. Another curveball. That's going to be a tough play. Nobody will be able to make it. David Fletcher, four for four. So you heard it there. Caps off a four for four night by David Fletcher. Um, hashtag vintage Fletch. Hashtag vintage Fletch. So um, Fletcher, I mean, kind of like the MVP of this game, if you think about it. Also, just constantly getting on base. You look at his stat line, it's four hits, four runs, one RBI, one run. So it's like those extra things aren't – Oh, there's not a ton of them, like RBIs and runs. But, I mean, just getting on and causing the pitch count to go up and making guys work a little more and stuff like that, I think it's hard to hard to judge. But, you know, when I was, something I was thinking too, when Upton does come back at the end – or at the back end of – after the All-Star break, he was doing so well providing power at that leadoff spot. Do you Do you keep him there? Do you – keep Fletcher at the leadoff spot. Now he's getting on base as a more traditional leadoff man, or do you try to get the pop right away? I don't know. I think uh, now Fletcher, now, <laughs> now you don't want to take the Fletcher out of the nine hole because, right. you know, he's finally doing well in the nine hole, but then now he's doing well. The there, so I would, and, and, and that's the, where you always wanted him. Right. Traditionally. That's yeah. like a year, you know, year, yeah. Perfect lineup. Right. You have Fletcher at the beginning. Right. And then you have like Otani, Trout, Rendon, yeah, Upton, yeah, Upton, or, later in the or Walsh. You know. Yeah. So I think you keep him there. Yeah. Sure. And I think at this point, this is where he's, re- I think he almost has like nine consecutive at bats with a hit. At this point, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah After he, this game. And they said the record before this was of all people, Benji, Benji oh, Molina. Molina. Who you Fletcher beats out, hits a ball like that, he beats it out. Yeah, if Benji Molina hits that ball, he's, he's 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 done. He's done. So it's pretty impressive that Benji. You, I would have to. I, I want to like uh, oh, there, there has I best say there has to be like a YouTube video a just mashup of just all, all of them in a row. Like you like you mentioned, they have to be hard grounders through the infield, gaps down the line, kind of stuff. Because you're right. Because if a, if a swinging bunt like that happens to Benji. Unless a guy kicks it around and the score, you know, the score guy is generous and says, "Oh, yeah. you know, no air." I don't know how he does that, but um, Tony would end up throwing a really, really good game—a game that the Angels definitely needed um, for him bouncing back after the the New York debacle, if you will, going seven innings, giving up five hits, two earned runs, four just four strikeouts, and and uh, he pitched about eighty-nine pitches, but the four strikeouts. I don't have a problem with because it did look like he was able to command his stuff. And the Boston teams are good. Like they are going to take advantage of, of balls close to the, close to the zone. So they put them in play, but they didn't do a lot of damage with it. And that's honestly, at the end of the day, strikeouts are sexy, but you want, you want efficiency. to let your players, you want efficiency play. Yeah. Let your defense defend you. Well, that's what I'm saying too. Like 89 pitches, I think in previous starts, maybe gets him into the fifth inning. Yeah, because I think in the previous start, he's trying, trying to strike everyone out. Right. But which we see translates into loading the bases up in the first inning. And then striking everyone out to get out of it. But your yeah, pitch count's at 30. you have to. And then it's just nuts. And then you're going 3-2 every account. 
or every count and everything. So it's actually let's show some maturity on the mound. Yeah, definitely. So like I mentioned, go seven innings, huge outing, um, gets the bullpen some rested and rest. And the, the less you have to use them, honestly, the better off you are. Yeah. Uh, and besides Iglesias, who's been pretty locked down, um, he would end up giving a home run to Hunter Renfro to make it five to three, which would be this final score. But for the most part, Iglesias has been shut down in that back end of the bullpen. It's just those guys getting to that point has been kind of on shaky grounds. But the Angels would take this game five to three to at least get one game out of the three-game uh, three set in Boston, now going for the series uh, victory the next day. In uh, Wednesday afternoon game, Andrew Haney on the mound, again, like I said, to try to get a series victory. And in the bottom of the first, David Fletcher, again, wasted no time to get to his history of 21 games. Uh, it, it, is, it doesn't even build any anticipation. Like It seems like the last couple games – Oh, first inning, first at bat. Okay, I'm on. Let's not even don't even get a chance for like Sut or Matty V or Gooby to even talk about us. Like he's already on in that. Yeah. That's moving on to the moving on to the next game kind of deal. So he gets on as we sit right now because they do not play on Thursday. Like I mentioned, there's a three game set up in Seattle to finish off the first half. So he will have a 21 game hit streak on Friday in Seattle to see if he can continue that. Um, still in the first inning, though, Jared Walsh would come up with Derry Fletcher um, on base. Fletcher would score on a fielder's choice and make it 1-0. And then right after that, Phil comes in, and uh, the goose is loose. Matchable. He really does. And that's a little shallow pop. It's going to fall in for an RBI hit. Goslin on a 3-2 pitch brings in Shohei Otani. It's 2-0 Angels. So 2-0 Angels, and then both, you know, you go from one day where it's like home runs and doubles and all that stuff to where if you watch this game or like I did, I listened to it. It was a lot of soft contact, a mm-hmm. lot of bloopers, a lot of, you know, little things. Texas and, leaguers. Yeah. And little, yeah. Little, you know, you can hit the ball. It's kind of, they were saying too, you know, to a certain point where Jared Walsh had the hardest hit ball, two hardest hit balls of the day, zero. Like couldn't, can't get on base. And then there's like five other guys who are, like averaging 60 miles per hour off the bat. And they're on, they're, they're the seven hits or whatever it was at the time. So uh, I guess it doesn't have to look sexy. It just has to get the job done when, when it really comes, <laughs> really comes down to it. Um, but it would say that way all the way to the fifth inning when Bobby Dahlbeck gets an RBI single to make it two to one. Um, the White Sox would tie the game in the fifth with Red, a, uh, Red Sox. The, yeah. White, Red Sox, Red Sox, White Sox, the Sox, the Sox, Offense, the Sox. Yeah, exactly. The Sox. Uh, would tie the game in the fifth off of Alex Verdugo. Bloop single. Again, another blooper. Two to two. And it's just at that point, every single run, whether it be for the Sox or the Angels, were on, like you said, Texas leaguers, bloopers, little dribblers. Basically, the farthest we could hit a ball. On a good day. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> unless, unless you know, you just got me teed up and then maybe I can get it past the yeah. infield. But other than that, I don't know. But in the bottom of that inning, Shohei Otani would bring him right back. Yeah, he would like that nice jog around the bases now instead of having to sprint. Oh, he's going to get the jog around the bases. He did it again. He's a beast. There really is no one like him. You foul it off your front foot. You foul it off your back knee. And what do you do? He's love take that little casual jog. And he rockets that one out. And that's crazy, too. That whole sequence, if you watch the game, and Gooby kind of touched on it on it at the end of it. He fouls the ball off his front foot, 
then fouls the ball off his back knee. Which is surgically repaired. Right, exactly. So you're, you're already thinking like, okay, just whatever it takes, just don't take any more foul balls off of anything else and just get on base or get out. But then he hits a home run and he's like, okay, now I can take my time. Yeah, I don't know about you, but being a pretty pessimistic Angels fan and just knowing how things go, you have such a hot streak. Probably one of the craziest streaks any players ever had in the history of this game. It's like 15 home runs in 20 games. Yeah, insane, right? This It's like people that don't even know baseball know Otani right now. Right. And then when you see that, I'm like, oh, here we go. Because we're like, if he stays healthy – can he hit 60? Right. Can he hit 62? Is he going to hit, you know, 70 something? And uh, then all of a sudden you see that and you're like, oh, there it goes. Well, it's like, you see the one off the foot. Okay, that's not bad. Okay, you know, he had the well, padding. Saw it, went I'll go back knee, off the knee. I was like, oh, dang. And yeah. He was acting. He's bending over. That's right. And then, and then if you watch when Trout got hurt, it was just, uh, he was tagging and kind of, you know, and it was nothing. Nothing. Something like. And then I see that. I'm like, oh. Gosh, here we go again. Right. Typical angel season. Season's over. Well, that's something that, too, where I think both Rendon and Upton had missed time for earlier this year with the ball off the knee, yeah. like a foul ball off the yeah. knee. And you said, right, like, oh, my God. And then you see him. If you watch the highlight on our YouTube feed, um, you see him kind of like you said, like limping around, like using like an old man with the bat, using the bat as a cane. And you're just thinking like, oh, just get out of this at bat healthy. And then he does that. And, and he hits he a hits home a run. bomb because like Matty V said, he's a beast. beast. Yeah, and with that home run, makes it 32, which also gives him the sole the sole lead for home runs in a season by a Japanese player passing uh, Godzilla. Yeah, former Angel. Former Angel, former Yankee. When I think of uh, Matsue, I always think of the Yankees. Oh, yeah, definitely. But they're talking – like, on the, if you're watching the broadcast yesterday, they were talking about how, you know, Matsui's called Godzilla. Yeah. That's his nickname. But Otani's way bigger. So, oh, dude, it's just so different him, how it is. Man. Yeah, it's just huge. And, it, and then right afterwards, it was pretty cool to see how Matsui gave him praise. Yeah, they come out the, pre- the press, his conference. accomplishment press, and yeah. everything. And I think that's big. And I think that's indicative of the Japanese culture. culture. Yeah. Um, because in the U.S., I just don't think people, um, this individualist culture, you know, like, you know, all my accolades versus like our country. <laughs> right. Like he's, Matsui's like, you did it for our country. Right. Kids look well, up to you. You see that too with, with, I thought that was right. Ota- with Otani. Cause even, you know, going back to Monday, they showed before the game, he walked over to, there's some Japanese uh, pitchers in the bullpen mm-hmm. for Boston. He would go over there and shake their hand as they're walking into the bullpen before the game, you know, shakes their hand bows and stuff like that. And you just, every time they play a team, he always makes a point to sought out, if they have any like Japanese born players or coaches to go and shake hands and something, yeah. it's just like you mentioned before, when uh, Adovino did whatever he, he said, whatever he said, he's like, how can you say that against Otani? You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. such a nice guy. And then even too, get, going back to the day before when he pitched, uh, I forgot who he sought off. He runs over, grabs a broken bat and takes it to the, to take to the Boston guy. And it was like, Oh, here, you know, yeah. you know, instead of just being like, ah, I got the third out. I'm going to walk to the dugout. So anyways, before Otani could even just sit down and take it all in, uh, Jared Walsh, the all-star, comes up the bat. Jared Walsh, the batter. Walsh follows up with a drive to center field. Hernandez and Walsh, that one fly. Back-to-back homers for the Angels in the inning, and it's 4-2 Halos. So, yeah, Jared Walsh, Otani, back-to-back. Uh, Jared Walsh is up on the batter's eye, which has kind of been Ota- Dude, he- which has been Otani's territory until now. I think uh, Walsh is the only other angel I've seen this year, at least, to hit it up there. Honestly, just thinking back about the last, you know, I don't know, ten years, you didn't really see a lot of people hit it up above the they added the those, bushes, like, little bushes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Years back, you didn't see people go above that. Mm-hmm. That's a 
it's a good, it's a good little power, yeah. uh, little power he has there. Uh, again, like I mentioned, Jared Walsh, the All Star. Andrew Haney would get into the sixth inning, but was unable to get out of the sixth, going five and a third, six hits, three runs, two walks, five strikeouts. Um, and the Sox wouldn't go away easily as they continue to score, making it four to three. But again. Jared Walsh comes up to the plate and shows exactly why he's an all-star. A two RBI day, and there's a swing and a high drive. That's lifted deep out into right field. It's out of here. That's a two-homer day now for Walsh. So Walsh with the two-home run day, two-home run, uh, two-day bat flip or bat drop as he does. Dude, that was just sick backflip dude it's like sometimes he like flips and sometimes he drops like he just drops it and just yeah dude you know what i do like i like his confidence he knows when he gets it yeah like he knows when he gets it, it. yeah For so sure. jerry walsh the big big offensive presence in this game uh boston would score one in the eighth to make it five to four to make it close make you uh, again getting to hose getting to um Rossell Iglesias is always seems to be the trouble, but Iglesias does come in the ninth, shuts it down. Angels do win five to four, taking the series from Boston and splitting the whole and splitting the um, overall series, but a huge home series win against Boston. Do you like apples? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got a number. How do you like them apples? <laughs> so how do you like them apples? Dude. I mean, again, again, Baltimore, you expect it. Against Boston, you're happy because it happened kind of. Deal. You know what I mean? Like taking two or three, and honestly, what was it? You look at it, five, went five and one less this last homestand. Yeah, you're happy for a few reasons. So they're doing they're, they were the best they had the best record in baseball. Yes. And they're Boston. And they're Boston. And then when you look around the stadium, right next to you, there's a guy who probably never been to Boston. He's got the khaki shorts on. It's got the they're, they're actually probably they might they're that. khaki or they're uh, I forgot what they call them, but Cargo? they're kind of like a pink oh. slash red. Um, it's like Nantucket Nantucket red is what they call. Oh, okay. Them. Um, and, and Chris knows because he's actually been to Fenway, yeah, right? And then they have the floppy dad Boston hat, <laughs> and they're probably in their late twenties, early thirties. And they just like Boston, my Boston. cousin from Boston, right? Yeah, exactly. So and super annoying fans. Um, you know, think about their run late, you know, two thousands, like all those series where it's always Boston and the Angels, Boston, the Angels, going back to eighty six, Boston beating the Angels in, in dramatic fashion. So to actually close them out, um, I know it's just you know a regular season series, but, but it's big time, especially at this point. This is the point of the season where you kind of have a better feeling. You're like, what are we at the break? Right and to come into the break, well, almost to the break. I mean, we got three so, games so, left. Yeah, yeah. But uh, to, you know, to leave Anaheim um, over five hundred and beat Boston, take two out of three. It could have been yeah. three out of three. Yeah, I mean, that's could have been three out of three. Could have swept couple, couple, Boston. Couple plays here or there, it could be a totally different story. I mean, like you yeah. said, three, three for three. So um, as we stand now, again, we're recording this Thursday night. Angels still nine games back of the division. Um, but going the right way, they're two games above 500. And in the wild card, they are four and a half games um, out of that last wild card spot. So really uh, something to look out for going into the second half of the season. And kind of like I mentioned before, uh, three games left up in Seattle, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Friday, you have Alex Cobb on the mound. Um, so with his couple past performances, you really like that. 
opportunity. Uh, Patrick Sandoval on Saturday, and then Jose Suarez hoping for a rebound outing um, Sunday Sunday afternoon. So two out of three. I honestly think two out of three is realistic. Mm-hmm. I hope the two out of th- I hope honestly, I hope it's a sweep because I hope the two games that I'm up there for they win, and then I just I think Cobb will win anyways. So hopefully yeah. for a sweep, but I they need at least when the two <laughs> the two that I'm up there because I don't I don't want to get jumped. But hey, do not Dodger fan, so I should oh, be you're okay. Not jumped in Seattle. Yeah, so I will be up in Seattle, boots on the ground for the Saturday game and for the Sunday game as we run into the break. We'll have a podcast Sunday night. Um, probably won't do a video part of it. Just I don't know exactly where I'm gonna be doing the podcast. We'll kind of play that by ear, but. Um, definitely look out for a podcast Sunday night and then do it like out on the outside the stadium, like on the streets or something. (laughs) Everything I gotta take everything, I don't want to take everything into the ball game, computer and everything. Like, nah, I'm good, I can do that at the hotel room. Um, but I I am planning also to, uh, I guess video a lot of the trip, the game, the surrounding area, all that stuff. My journey up to Seattle will be my first time up at T Mobile Field, so. Look for a video to come out probably Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday night on our YouTube page. Again, All Angels Podcast YouTube page um, about the games, just the scenery, the surrounding. If you haven't been to uh, T-Mobile Park, get in our DMs. Let us know. What do you want to see? What do you want me to go over? Do you want me to go around to the concessions? Do you want me to go uh, to the bullpen area, get as close to the field as I can? Do, you know, what is it about the field where if you went, what would you want to see? So uh, you could DM, DM us on our Halo uh, underscore Haven Twitter or Instagram or emails at allangelspodcast at gmail.com. So that's going to wrap up this part of the podcast. When we come back, we will have the Curators Chronicles. I want to talk about Spotify Greenroom. Spotify Greenroom is a live audio only sports talk platform, which is free to download and free to use. You can talk to other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. All you need to do is download the Spotify Greenroom app free in the iOS or Android app store. Create a profile, link it to your Twitter, and join. That's it. It's that easy. So go ahead and check out Spotify Greenroom. You work hard and you play hard, so treat yourself and stock up for summer barbecues with Kansas City Steak Company. Visit KansasCitySteak.com and get 10% off your order and free shipping with code SD at checkout. From classic steak cuts to USDA Prime to American-style Kobe, hard-to-find specialty cuts, and more, Kansas City Steaks has everything you need to fire up the grill. They make it super easy. Each order from Kansas City Steaks is flash frozen and delivered directly to your home. Satisfaction is guaranteed or your money back. Imagine relaxing in the backyard with family while enjoying steakhouse quality meals from Kansas City Steaks. Try their butter tender filet mignon, Kansas City strip, juicy steak burgers, all beef jumbo hot dogs, and even a complete meal combos. Bring the steakhouse to your home this summer with Kansas City Steaks. Go to KansasCityStakes.com and get 10% off your order and free shipping with code SD. That's KansasCityStakes.com, promo code SD. Again, that's KansasCityStakes.com, promo code SD. It is a beautiful 
beautiful day for a ball game, but uh, back on this day in the great year of 2009, it's the year I was, it was the year I was married. Oh, well, then that's good for a couple of reasons. 2009, yeah. right? Uh, it was a probably a humid day. Tastes pretty humid. Yeah, I mean, it's there's, there's, there's a good chance. Man. There's a good it's chance. Kinda, it's kind of very a weird day good out. chance. Yeah, um, we're sitting in the garage. There's no AC going, <laughs> so I don't know how it's beautiful. Call, it was a call roughing it. Yeah, so you know. It's pretty warm, but on this day in Angels history, it might be the greatest day in Angels history outside of when we won the World Series. Um, Michael Nelson Trout was selected. <laughs> uh, with, was it today? His, oh, that was the debut of him today. Oh, it was the debut. Debut of oh, Mike Trout today. I'm tripping. You are tripping. Disregard. Yeah, because, yeah. His debut. His debut. But but going back to the greatest day, they, yeah, is the go. day that he was selected with the 25th overall pick. In the 2009 draft, which was a compensa- compensation pick uh, for Mark Teixeira going to the Yankees. Yankees. So uh, getting Mark Teixeira in the first place, giving up Casey Kochman, which was a coveted, uh, you know, you know, uh, player within the organization that people really wanted to hold on to, giving that up for Teixeira, Teixeira becoming Trout in some way. Yeah. Uh, and the thing was cool. If you actually watched the draft, it was at the very beginning when MLB tried to televise the draft, kind of like the NFL in some right, way. Yeah. But they only had a few people in attendance, and Mike Trout was in attendance. In the little like makeshift – maybe that's what we got to do. It was here. in Make, MLB – The headquarters. Yeah, the studio. Yeah. I think it's in Secaucus. But, yeah, and they had a little dug, play dugout over there. He was chilling with his studio family. Studio 42. Yeah. Um, but he came out. And so today's uh, edition of the Curator's Chronicles features a Mike Trout – Draft Day bobblehead. They only made a little over a hundred of these things, made by Forever Collectibles. So if you're watching on our YouTube feed, one of the dopest bobbleheads ever made of Mike Trout. He is with his suit on, looking all suited and booted, <laughs> and he has his jersey showing it proudly. He was there with his parents, but uh, definitely one day that uh, changed the course of franchise history. Um, and, that and I, I doubt that anybody will ever achieve uh, the greatness that he showed so far. Otani's doing well right now, but uh, 10 years in, right? Hey, not bad, huh? 10 years in, the guy's decent. And <laughs> decent. Uh, 24 other people or teams passed on him, if you can believe that. Right. Uh, you know you'd be kicking yourself for that one. Uh, Randall Gritchick, uh, who um, the Angels drafted uh, right before him. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, the, the number yeah, right before him. Yeah, another promising player has he's had a decent career. Yeah, still not bad. Around. I mean, not decent bad. career. Um, but Trout right after him. Um, both of these guys played in the Cal League, together, uh, Rancho, yeah. and also on Inland Empire and, and things like that. Well, Trout coming back play for Inland Empire, but. right? And then too, it works out great too because this Sunday also is the MLB draft. The first, I think the first two rounds are on Sunday, and then I think the rest is Monday and Tuesday. Well, they're doing it at the All Star Game, so. To make it as a big, big uh, to do. So Sunday's gonna be a busy day. You got that. You got the the futures game, which you're gonna have Hector Yan and uh, birthday boy Reed Detmers in it. Um, but hopefully by the time I record the podcast, Sunday will will at least know who the Angels' first round draft pick is. I might hold off recording until after that. Um, and then you'll probably get them on the podcast. Oh yeah, right yeah, after, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, They're young. They're, they're fresh. Exactly. They don't know better. They don't know better. They have nothing else. To they're do. happy. But yeah. So I mean, it worked out great. We got the debut. Um, uh, Mike Trout today with the draft jersey with draft weekend approaching same weekend as uh, All Star Weekend. Do you like that? Do you like how they, they they are trying to bunch? I know last year they tried to do it at the College World Series and making it like a bigger event. 
this year they did it at the all-star game or do you like it the draft is by itself like it's standalone I, yeah. don't, I don't think the mlb draft obviously will ever be like the nfl draft no so you have these players that have, they're well known they're college stars but when you're picking a guy a kid that <laughs> goes to uh a high school in the Midwest is your first overall. There's just not the fanfare and hype. Right. So to have it be part of a weekend is probably the best course. It's not a, it's not a standalone. Right. I'm excited event. to see it. I'm excited to see now. Um, hopefully they'll have some of these players in person again and that everything's, you know, seemingly back to normal. So um, yeah, so big weekend for the angels, not only up in Seattle, but also with the draft coming up Sunday, um, I believe it's on ESPN, but I'll probably, yeah, I'll hold off the recording of the podcast Sunday until after at least the first 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 round pick of the Angels, and we can kind of, or I can at least uh, Google him real quick and figure out who he is and what he does, and hopefully uh, like an ETA or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm thinking Angels. about it. I don't know, having three three uh, players represented this year. I mean, yeah, it's been a little while. I think uh, it was the year. I think it was like CJ Wilson, probably Albert and there, Trout, and one other guy. Um, yeah, we haven't had it for a while. Um, having a guy in the Derby. It's going right, to so be a busy weekend. It's going to be exciting. And, well, I'll talk about the Derby next, but that is another edition Let's of the Curators Chronicles. So, like Chris mentioned, Derby's coming up Monday. And this will be, I don't know, obviously I'll talk about a little bit on Sunday, but this will probably be Chris's last appearance before the Derby. Um, and the Derby bracket has now been officially set uh, for the festivities. Uh, so you got in the first round, you got Otani versus Juan Soto, Salvador Perez versus Pete Alonso. On the other side of the bracket, you have Joey Gallo versus Trevor Story, Matt Olson versus Trey Mancini. So, Chris, I'm going to ask you this. Obviously, I think Shohei is easily, easily the favorite of this. But if you had to pick one guy on the opposite side of the bracket, who would you pick to 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 face him in the finals? Uh, Joey Gallo. You think Joey Gallo? I mean, it'd be the coolest as far as uh, guys that can you know mash. mash. Right, Gallo. Gallo's your guy, but it's always like the the unique thing about a derby is it's not always not the guy that could hit the ball the farthest. It's a guy that's consistent, and like we saw that um one of the greatest derbies I've ever watched. I was at a hotel in San San Antonio, but it was Todd Frazier, the Todd father. Yeah, Todd Frazier is not your you know prototypical home run hitter, but he came back and just put on the show. It was just a, such a, a well too. Especially with the way the format is now, it's like you're technically not supposed to throw the next ball until the last one lands. So in my head, I'm like, well, if Otani and Gallo are hitting these huge monster bombs, it's going to take them a little while before they can actually get the next pitch. And you know, valuable time we're losing. Exactly. It's like if you can get a guy that can just go line, drive, line, drive, line, drive, line, drive, and just, you know, maybe not be the sexiest as far as distance, but get it over. Mm-hmm. And just kind of rapid fire it, that might give Otani some trouble. And like, then Otani does have exit velo of like 100 and like, you know, yeah, 50 million. But when the launch angle is like, you know, 40, it's going to be up, yeah. up, up and going to drift forever. But uh, yeah, I like Joey Gallo. Out of all the names here, Otani included, who do you think hits the furthest home run? At Coors? At Coors. Uh, it's either him or Gallo. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I know it just sounds that sounds like the easy answer, right. but it really truly is. Okay, let's put. I mean, we know Tony. He, 
Otani uh, hit BP at Coors a few years back, yeah. and people were just like tripping on it. He was hitting ridiculous balls of like third deck. Furthest hit ball at the Derby will be four hundred and seventy nine feet. You th- you think that's it? I think I think Otani five hundred. I think Otani's already hit a four hundred and seventy something ball this year in the game. Okay. I like cores, yeah. Remember? Do you remember? Uh, it was like two years ago where in BP at Angel Stadium he hit the screen and well, right. That's what I'm saying. That like that's more than four whatever. That's can, like 600 feet. Honestly, well, not really, but it's like, like 520 or something. I honestly, and I, I was talking to someone earlier, and um, I want to give him a shout out. Uh, Angels top plays on on Instagram, and we were kind of having this conversation. And he told me that when they when Judge. I think it was in San Diego. I can't remember the year exactly. Let me see if I can um, look it up. But he was talking about when Judge was in a uh, home run derby. And I forgot what year he said it was in as I try to pull it up. He said, uh, in, oh, in 2017 when they were in Miami, Judge hit one five thirteen. Okay. Well, I take back my uh, 479 prediction. What's your new prediction then? Uh, 501. 501, Bob. 501, uh, lock it in. Now, I think, honestly, like 550 might be the under over. Sure. 550 might be the under. For Gallo and Otani and Coors, 550 is like probably, f- you know, 513 in a regular, regular stadium, regular kind of circumstances. But at Coors, elevation, regular ball, not with the humidor, none of that stuff. 550 might be the under over. This just in. Otani has not taken batting practice that, all year. Do you, that is crazy. And I was going to talk about that too. Do you believe that? Some people were. were they uh, say that he takes cage cage work. Uh huh. I mean, obviously, you're not going to see how far the ball goes. But that's but more he, just for like kind of warming up and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. And everyone does cage work. They yeah. do it within the game. If you ever sat down below yeah. in the bougie seats, you know, below the field, you can go back there and watch cage right, work exactly. in the game. But it's not the same as VP and, you know, getting to watch how far your ball goes and all that. So yeah. it's going to be interesting uh, uh, for sure. Yeah. I, you know, I, I just. I, I, I believe it because with everything going on with Otani and his hype, the mania, the mania, like especially when he's on the road, they they do BP second, the Angels do, which I am really looking forward to when I'm going up to Seattle. Um, you would think someone, anyone, would have a video of him taking BP on the road and post it all over the place. Because same thing, you would see him hit bombs in BP in years past, just absolutely uncorking it. But with the 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 workload he has this year, it, to me, it, it doesn't surprise me at all that he's not taking B, regular BP just because it's like, well, yeah, he's, def- he's definitely not going to do it the day he pitches. Yeah, you don't want to waste your, your best swings in BP, yeah, you know? Exactly. So Mo Vaughn said, he's like, you know, what's that? Save for the game. Exactly. So practice what's practice. That's crazy. That's, that's, I mean, I'm so looking forward to this home run derby. So looking forward to it. So, so who, I guess on the flip side, who would you have liked to have seen? Oh, like if you had to have the the best of the best top guys, and you oh, brought you have up, to Aaron Judge, Aaron Judge, Tatis, Vlad Jr., Vlad Jr. I would love to see Vlad Jr. and and uh, Otani like on opposite sides of the bracket, so they could meet up at you know in the finals. But I mean, if you were to give me the, the who's of who, and regardless of injury, it would be like um, Otani, Vlad Jr., Tatis Jr., Acuna Jr. Yeah. Um, you know, Trevor Story is cool because I don't mind like the you gotta have guy, the hometown the hometown guy. guy, which is cool. But Judge, you get Judge Stanton, and Stanton um, 
you know, just dudes that hit Gallo. Uh, Matt Olson on here too on, in it. I don't mind it. I, you know, he has a little bit of pop too, but like, yeah, I, I guess the big ones I would want, like the top four would be Otani, uh, Vlad Jr., Tatis Jr., and then probably like either Judge or uh, Acuna Jr. And then like a 50-year-old King Griffey Jr.? Dude, what if they had like a senior division? Dude, King Griffey's still winning. Dude, I'm, I'm going to wear the my old-timers game. I'm they used wear, to have the old-timers game. Right. I'm going to wear it up with I'm going to wear, I'm gonna wear my, my hat backwards all weekend just for, just for Junior. Okay, I'm gonna do it, and, and then if you're watching on our Where that little swing man, there you go on our our YouTube page. I do have the All Star hat secured. Gonna make its Ew. way up. Gonna make its way up to Seattle, and we talked about this a little bit on the past podcast, and we're gonna wrap up pretty quick. But you now that you've seen it in person, now that I've seen it in person, thoughts? It's not it's not as bad as I thought. Yeah, I'm same same with me. I I, I don't mind. I mean, it. you're gonna buy it no matter. what. I was, but the one thing I was very pleasantly surprised, and if you bought All Star hats in the past, or even they do it now with the uh, spring training hats, the patch of the, of the logo on the side is usually like a press on plastic uh, logo. It's not, you know, it feels. I don't know. Not that it feels cheap, but it's just there's something about it being stitched into the hat that, to me, makes a world of difference. And that's what they kind of went back to. In this all-star hat is where the logo is actually, and again, on camera and on photos, I don't know if you get that. I didn't get that kind of feel, but in person, it is stitched in, and, and I I do like that a lot more than like the pressed on. Daniel secretly works for uh, New Era. I should have bought stock in him. He's like an influencer or something. I should. New Era, hit me up. I will pimp anything. Uh, Canon sunglasses, shout out. Thank you very much. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of like the all-star rundown. Obviously, we'll, I'll get a little bit more into it for, on my side when. Uh, I do the podcast Sunday, but one thing too, I want to talk to Chris about because the next time he will be on this day will have already passed. And obviously um, July 12th is coming up fairly quickly. July 12th, two years ago against Seattle kind of works all out. Uh, the Tyler Skaggs, no hitter. Uh, so real quick. Um, and like I said, I, I, I'll get into my side of it on Sunday because uh, it will be literally right around the corner when I record it, but Chris won't be on then. So what are some of your, Memories about going to the game when you're in the game, and then kind of now looking back at it two two years later. Well, actually, before uh, just a few weeks ago, I hadn't been to an Angels game since that game, so it was just my last uh, memory of the stadium to get back there. I only, I only went to a few games that year. I don't know what what the heck was going on. Not a real fan. Yeah, not a real fan. Not a true fan. Um, so we get to the we you know we go to the game. John and I go out there. Uh, we made some bunch of Tyler Skaggs buttons. We made like a pennant, and we placed it at the memorial. Um, so um, that was just yeah. like a, a really after the game we went out there and it was just a really somber experience. But throughout the game, we're all we never sat down. I don't think. Me and we Corny all, did because we were already inside before we were all, you guys. But once we met up yeah. with you, yeah, we were walking around. We had left field slash kind of center field gap concourse by the and rocks, just kind of hanging out, like that, yeah. meeting people, talking to people. And then the game was progressing. It started off with just like an incredible Home run. montage of, you know, the oh, video. Oh, yeah, the videos. Yeah, the yeah. video is Debbie's just, out. If you didn't cry, yeah. then there's something wrong with Debbie you. Debbie and, and Carly and then obviously the pitch, yeah. and everybody wearing – 45. 45. Yeah. It's just, it was just one of these incredible moments. And so if it was just that, the game would have been just one of the top games I've ever been to. But then the game progressed, got deeper, started off with the opener. Yeah. Taylor Cole. Was, yeah. Very strange, you know, approach. But then 
deep in the game, it was like I think I forgot who we looked over and like, I think oh, it was me. Yeah, yeah, you guys were like, it's it's like a no hitter. Um, well, totally. we, didn't, we didn't say that. We just kind of like nudged each other yeah. and was like, hey, kind of look over there and point to the scoreboard. And then me, you, and Johnny, of course, picked it up real quick. Like, oh yeah, my wife said, what happened? What's going on? What happened? What I mean, like I can't say it. You just you gotta figure it out on your own. And then she saw it. I was like, oh yeah. And I think this was like the seventh inning. Yeah, and then uh, then like you're just so in tune, and then for, to be there at a no hitter, even though it was like an opener and stuff like that. Yeah, but still, still, there's so much more on, behind uh, it though. And then on a you know a day like that, and then placing the jerseys on the mound, it was like this incredible kind of high, but it was also extreme sadness, right? But uh, yeah, taking everything out to the memorial afterwards, and then just oh man, it was just one of those moments. Yeah, it was definitely something that I remember forever, and I'm sure you you feel the same way because not not only, like you mentioned, that was your last game of that season, the last game, obviously until I think what what game did we go to? Which game did we go see? We went to it's a couple weeks ago. I know the Tigers game. Tigers game, yeah, the 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 (coughs) Saturday Tigers game, but you know that would always be remembered not only for that no hitter, but also because it was the last game that all of us uh, end up going to the games. Obviously yep. me and my wife ended up going to a few more games after that season. Chris already said he, that was it for that season. I think Johnny actually went to one or two games too that same year, but yeah, it was the last time we all went to a game and it's something that even now look back on it. It's still pretty surreal, surreal that that was the last game we saw together. Uh, a combined no hitter, a no hitter nonetheless on a day like that with the mindset going into the game of, you know, I just hope they play well with, you know, the whole memorial thing going on. Like, let's just just play well. Let's just play well and see what happens. And to get a no-hitter and, and you know, against a uh, AOS team, too, is pretty special. And, you know, it would be nice to get a no, another no-hitter up there in Seattle this uh, this weekend against a team that's been no-hit twice so far this year. So, okay, uh, who knows? Uh, stranger things have happened. More no-hitters happen nowadays than, you know, uh, than ever with a seven-inning the Rays seven inning combined no hitter sticky stuff sticky stuff no more so uh, there's that but so that's gonna wrap it up for this episode of the All Angels podcast again you can always reach out to us on our Instagram on our Twitter Halo underscore Haven uh, or email us at allangelspodcast at gmail.com. definitely go subscribe to the uh, YouTube page where you can see past podcast episodes past interviews um, like I said I'm gonna put a little video together with uh, with my time up in Seattle this weekend I'll post it on there. Uh, next week for sure um, subscribe send alerts for that you can you get alerts when we're doing our our, our uh, podcast live if you will love to interact with you guys during the podcast um, have the little comments pop up and all that stuff so um, definitely check it out And if you're on ios the apple podcast definitely leave a, 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 a rate and review five stars tell us what you like um, even if it's just good job we'll take it it helps us uh Spread the word a little easier for other Angel fans looking for the angel, the right Angel podcast for them going into the second half. And I think the second half is going to be uh, really special for the Angels with everyone coming back. You're talking about Upton, Rendon, Trout. Uh, you know, th- those three guys can definitely put up some numbers in the second half and really looking forward to it. So, um, yeah, so that's going to be it for this episode of the All Angels Podcast. I am Dan Garcia. I'm the curator. And you just listened to another edition of the All Angels Podcast.
Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.